Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, this is Casey McLean, and this episode's going to be a little bit different because uh, I want to talk about this project that I put out. Um, it's called Babyweight EP, B-A-B-Y-W-A-I-T-E-P, and uh, it's... You know, whatever. It's a fucking, it's not an album. It's not a special. I have uh, a lot of self-conscious, I'm very self-conscious about calling it either of those things, but it is uh, material that I intentionally put out with some production value and whatnot. And I wanted to talk about uh, the process a little bit. Um, if, if, if it's only to apologize for why it's not better or better produced, but also just like some of the thought that went behind it. So, um... I recorded it at the Summit City Comedy Club, New Year's Day, uh, 2022. And so I've been trying, my first attempt to record this material was November 2019. And I had a set that I really loved. And um, <laughs> I go to the back of the comedy club. This was at Tacoma Comedy Club. I go to the back of the comedy club and... Uh, when I reached for my camera, the way that I reached for it, and I know a little bit more about the way this camera works now, but the way that I reached for it, the battery dropped out of the camera. I was, <laughs> I spent so much money and time trying to recover this file it's kind of, I mean, lucky and unlucky. I think that if I had released it pre-pandemic, maybe I could have used the material that was on there, um, recorded well and all that for TikTok and all that shit, all the social media stuff, that would have been good. However, some of those jokes that would have been on it have gotten a lot better since then. Another, you know, almost, or another two years of performing those jokes and also, I think, like, another two years of being a better comic and also really relearning how much I appreciate doing comedy through the pandemic. So that was the first attempt. And then I never really made an attempt in the pandemic. I kept, like, I mean, optimistically, I kept trying to schedule stuff with uh, with theaters and small rooms and stuff like that to... With that in mind, I've always, I've had this in mind that I wanted to put out this, and here's the reason it's 25 minutes, by the way, is at this stage of me doing comedy, the most common set that I am doing is 25 minutes. So I have a cohesive, I've had a cohesive 25 minutes that's like, 
not to say, by the way, this is like kind of, it's like kind of a story. Like there is a, a through line, I think, uh, through at least the first 20 minutes of it. There's a, there's a joke at the end, the many times mentioned on this podcast, ass eating joke that it is where I normally do the joke. That was the spot where I would normally do the joke, but it doesn't necessarily carry the the story all the way through to the end. I think that the story of having my daughter ends before the ass eating joke, by the way, if you're listening to this without having, uh, having heard it, there is, I'm releasing the whole EP on this podcast feed. Um, and if you want to listen to that, uh, it's either the, it's either the podcast before this or the podcast after. So anyway, um, the 25 minutes part was intentional. It's not because I only have 25 minutes. Uh, in fact, one of the things about it that I was, that I'm trying to do, if you come see me perform and I'm featuring or even headlining, I'm almost completely done doing all these jokes. I do have about 75 merch shirts that I got to try to figure out how to sell, but, uh, I'm almost completely done doing these. So there's a very good chance that you'll see none of these jokes. It'll be all new jokes. Um, the next time if you come see me perform. So that's one thing. Another thing is that, uh, I think that people don't really care about hour long specials. I certainly think there's like a thing where it's like a rite of passage, a point of pride for comics to do it. And I agree with that. You know, what I just realized is that these fucking studio lights aren't on. Let's let me show you this. The difference, by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube between and I know this uh, this desk is a mess right now. But look, this is you want to see me looking beautiful. Yeah. Oh, you don't think I have these on fucking uh, an app? There we go. Look how beautiful I look. Um. So anyway, that was, uh, that's part of the reason too, is I wanted to have some material left over. I think I have about 40 ish minutes right now still. Uh, so if you come see me, no matter the length of the set, I'm going to be doing different material, a lot of different material. I'm going to have to figure out, um, a couple of the, a couple of the bits will probably have to get repeated a couple of times to get rid of these shirts. But, um, Okay. I want to talk about the the process, and then I'll talk about some of the jokes. The process, uh, I recorded the one in November 2019 that failed. The jokes got a lot better. And then I attempted to record the set in uh, January, or sorry, no, uh, November 2021 at Tacoma Comedy Club. And I got a couple good recordings, but I wanted to release this ass-eating joke, and... When I did the joke, the headliner asked me to not do it on any of the other shows. It did incredibly well, by the way. It wasn't that it didn't go well, but his audience prefers a little bit cleaner material. So uh, I didn't want to do it without that. I didn't. I had stumbled. I did it one time, and I stumbled on some parts, like to the point where I wouldn't have released it. It, it went fine with the crowd. I, I recovered, but I would not have released it with those stumbles included. So that set might've been better overall, but it didn't have all the, all of the, uh, the tracks that I wanted on it. I also tried to record it in August in Spokane with uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. And that was, 
So those were good sets. Uh, I would say that two things about it. One, I um, I was doing with Bobcat. I was doing this thing. He didn't have a host. It was just me and him. So I was doing thirty-five minutes, which is actually kind of nice because, I mean, I'm I always want to do more time on stage. So I was doing thirty-five minutes. Um, I had good sets. I had two cameras recording. That's now if you've seen babyweight ep on youtube you know that it's just one camera i brought two cameras to summit city comedy club but i was like after the first couple shows after the first show and then it's like new year's weekend it was opening weekend for the comedy club i was like this is not gonna be this it's not happening here so i'm gonna have to decide between either the spokane comedy club weekend the uh Tacoma Comedy Club weekend, or I also went to Montana in October and I headlined a bunch of shows. And then I did a show at, uh, what's that? Uh, last best comedy in Bozeman, Montana. And that had some, uh, some other complications. I got, I had technically four cameras. So the production value might've looked a lot better, but the set, uh, one of the problems is that the, the, so at that club, I'm not a draw in Summit City. I'm sorry to tell you. Or at Summit City at, a, well, either, but at a Last Best Comedy in Bozeman, I'm not a draw. So it's like, there were like 40 people in the room. The way the room is set up, it's pretty pretty good with 40 people. But the host did long, and the show started late, and then they had a show that they needed to start after. So I ended up, I wanted to do 50 minutes they ended up cutting my time to 40 minutes and all the material that I wanted to do, I was like rushing and I fucked a couple things up and the crowd wasn't incredible and I didn't want to have to do a whole bunch of work to try to make the crowd sound better. And so, uh, I, and I sent it to a couple people and this is that much faster. I did all the same material from this release from baby weight EP. That's 25 minutes long. I guess the audio version, the audio only version is going to be like 24 and change, maybe 23, 58 or something like that. All of that material I did in like 19 minutes and 50 seconds because I was just fucking getting it out as quick as I could. Let's fucking go because these, I'm trying to keep these people's attention and it wasn't what I wanted to release, unfortunately, because I had all three cameras. And then, so I go to Summit City Comedy Club. I end up having a very good set. Another thing that was interesting about this set, by the way, is... I was, uh, I'm out of town. It's New Year's Day. I'm trying to talk to my wife. I can't, I lost my phone. It fell through the couch in the Summit City Comedy Club green room. It fell through the couch to the floor. I have my phone set so that if, if I don't have your number saved, uh, it doesn't ring if you call me. So I'm using the MC's phone to call, but it's just not happening. So I called my wife on it. I had her call. I end up finding the, uh, the phone but so normally i would have a recording of my set on my phone and i actually think that phone audio for the crowd sounds pretty good i didn't have that so it's a it's a challenge because what i had for recordings were uh the microphone on stage i had some mics pointed at the audience but not with no anticipation that this is going to be the set that I use. And then I had the camera audio that's shitty. 
from one camera. And so that's what I ended up using. And I'm, I was happy with the way the jokes were delivered. I'm not incredibly thrilled with the way I wasn't like, I didn't think it was like a perfect representation of how well those jokes go, but I'm also so goddamn sick of telling them that, uh, like there's a joke in here. I'm going to tell you the name of it. Um, it's actually, it's longer than I remembered it being, which makes me worried that I made an editing fuck up. It's called, it's the title track, baby wait. Um, and one of the jokes in there, a joke about my cat is truly the first joke I ever told on stage as an, at an open mic. It's much better now than it was. Not only do I tell it better, but it's grown some uh, some parts that are the funniest parts of the joke. The it's funny the the core parts of the joke I don't uh the core parts that I thought were funny are almost non-existent in that joke. Um so yeah, I want to talk about the the tracks individually. There's a track called Indiana and you're not going to know if you listen to the version of this on um on uh, the podcast feed, it's not going to be broken up into tracks, but you'll, you know, you'll figure it out. So Indiana is uh, a joke about how this lady, when I got on the plane, told me that I look exactly like her brother. So the truth about this joke is that it happened on my way to Montana, not my way to Indiana. Um, and the woman did not actually tell me that her brother looks hot. That's, there's a little bit of a lie in that joke, but she did make it tremendously awkward telling me that I looked like her brother. Babies are stupid. Uh, this joke is actually featured on comedy juice. And I mean, I don't know, this is like, I think a joke of mine that, uh, kind of broke style from what I normally do. It's like pretty harsh about my daughter. And that's kind of what makes it funny is how harsh it was. And I like that. Uh, heckled by a midwife is the next joke. And this is about how, um, the first show I did, which I say first show, it's not, it wasn't actually the first show, but it was the first comedy club show that I did after my daughter was born. I was at Tacoma comedy club, sold out show, uh, a dude named Reese Darby, who's a guy from either New Zealand or Australia that was on flight of the Concords. He's headlining another dude. It must be Australia because the other dude's from Australia also. Fuck, now I think it might be New Zealand. But anyway, Reese Darby's headlining. Uh, I was emceeing. And I'm doing this like new material. And uh, I say doctor in the joke, not even thinking that that's controversial. And a woman yells out midwife. And she truly was, if you listen to the to the track it truly was the woman did approach me after the show and it was the midwife that delivered our baby she's an amazing midwife i'm not going to say her name i might have actually said it on a past podcast which was a fucking mistake but um maybe i bleeped it but anyway another funny story about that is i went to a show uh when i first started telling that story the story of telling the joke and her yelling at me heckling me from the crowd and us having this interaction after the show one of the first times i ever told that story i was at this show in bonnie lake at a place called uh um lost woods brewing and 
there's this woman in the front row of the show, and I'm like, I fucking know this woman. I don't know where I know this woman from, but I know this woman. I can't figure it out. And I'm, uh, you know, the show went great, and I'm, I'm uh, outside with the producer of the show. Actually, the aforementioned or previous guest, recent guest of this podcast, Naren Van, and we're having a, a shot of whiskey out of the back of his car, and this woman walks out with her husband, and I was like, hey, I know you from somewhere. And she's like, yeah, I feel like I recognize you too, but I can't figure out what it was. And we start going through the, like, what college did you go to? What high school did you go to? What, uh, where do you work, et cetera. And then she goes, where, where I work is this. And I was like, oh, wait, were you? And she goes, oh, wait, was that joke about? And then she says the name of the midwife. And I was like, yes. And she's like, oh my God, that sounds exactly like her. It was very, uh, very funny. Um, heckled by a midwife. Some of that's just not true. Like, uh, obviously they actually did. I, they did say, uh, are you here to see your midwife to me? By the way, please go listen. I'm just talking about this. Like you've already listened to it. Please go listen to, I guess I'll put it out, uh, before this, but please go listen to it because, um, and share it with people, by the way, that's another thing about this is I don't want to make any money off this. I'm not trying to make any money off of the, the release itself, the, EP itself. I just want to have as many people as possible see my comedy and come out and see my comedy live in the future. Uh, pregnancy tests. I did buy a lot of pregnancy tests on Amazon. Um, I did buy the one that was the deciding factor. I bought at Walgreens in uh, Tacoma, Washington, but many of them I bought on, uh, on Amazon. It did it did, by the way, take my wife like my wife and I like six months to get pregnant. So, um, some of that stuff is actually very true. Uh, sperm count test is one of the least embellished jokes I've ever done on stage. It's I did buy a sperm count test. It was thirty five dollars. It did say that I have sperm and I do have a baby, uh, as I state in the joke. My wife did not walk in on me administering the test, but I did take it at our dining table. And uh, we have since truly don't, we don't use the dining table anymore. I think it's in the garage or maybe we got rid of it. Um, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, it is like embarrassing to go like, hey, I got to go to a fertility clinic. It's embarrassing. This is why dudes don't do it. This is why dudes or people don't go to the doctor because some shit at the doctor is embarrassing. And uh, this is why men die earlier, I think, is because we would rather buy a sperm count test on Amazon than go to the doctor. Performance-enhancing drugs. This is actually a bit that I'm really proud of because, and it sounds dumb, I like, I don't mind, so... I do not mind a joke that involves like a familiar premise. So Viagra, familiar premise, talking about your dick, familiar premise, right? Like these are not topics that I'm like, I'm not the first to, <laughs> I'm not the first one to ever uh, talk about my dick on stage, but I don't mind that. I don't mind that fact because I think there's like something unique about this joke. I think there's something clever about the way that it's written. And the analogy of my dick working like a uh, manual labor 
person is to me like really a joke that kind of digs into the into my like whatever persona you might call it uh i think that it mines some of my life experience that some other jokes are just that are just straight up lies do not and also uh I mean, I worked in a fucking box factory for this. Like, I reference a 35 year old driving a forklift or someone who's been driving a forklift for 35 years. I had a specific person in mind that I was comparing my dick to because I've worked with those guys that are on the verge of retirement. They've been driving a forklift since the fucking 80s. I know those guys. And so that was, I actually thought that was like a very unique to me analogy maybe not maybe there's 48 people with uh dick analogies like that and also yeah i mean that uh you know in the time where we were trying to have a kid like blue chew and hymns and all that stuff became and uh, yes yes it's true i ordered them uh and finally don't eat ass is the name of a, a track and this one's kind of funny because it is something that i felt a lot i talked about um it's an anti-ass eating joke and it's become a problem for me. Uh, specifically I did. So I did a show in Olympia recently and I had done the ass eating joke on a prior show for this producer. And he specifically asked me not to do that joke at this comedy show, which is fine. I'm actually totally fine with the producer saying like, Hey dude, this, this joke isn't going to play here. That's fine. He still booked me. He's the boss. I'll do what he says. Even if it crushed, he wouldn't have been happy at the show. So yeah, I have enough material that I, that I, and also like, I was fine getting rid of that joke. Uh, it's, I think it's like a topic. Ass eating as a topic has become like pretty ubiquitous in comedy. So I'm not, uh, I don't want to have to compete with four ass eating jokes on a show. So I just released mine and that's fine. It's, uh, we made it, we did it. I did have a, I had a funny experience with this joke, a way that it caused me problems. That's less, uh, <laughs> less like annoying in one way and more annoying in a different way, which is, um, so I've had, by the way, I've had, a. nobody understands the joke. That's one thing the whole joke is about not wanting to eat ass and audience members constantly come up and they're like, ha, this is the ass eating guy. And even like comics don't listen to jokes well enough. And they think that I'm like, it's a pro ass eating joke. That's like super dirty. And, uh, I did a show with a, a comic who I like a lot, who I haven't seen her in years. And, uh, she was like pretty obviously thrown off by ass eating as a topic I found out that there's another show where the, the it's like the only complaint the place has ever had is this specific ass-eating joke, which is at the end of the Babyweight EP. It's like the last five minutes. Um, <laughs> I also, I did a 10th anniversary show at Tacoma Comedy Club. And there were 10 comics. We were all supposed to do 10. I think I... Maybe we were all supposed to, no, I think we were all supposed to do 10. I think I did like 10.30. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty big stickler on time. 
I usually hit my time pretty fucking close to exactly. But the show was like long. And, uh, but 10 great comics on the show or nine great, great comics on the show and me on the show. Uh, when I went into the green room, these are all like, by the way, this is like not the lineup that Tacoma Comedy Club wanted for their 10th anniversary show. Pretty obviously they were also, you know, feeling the effects of the pandemic. They had to, they had to delay the, uh, the show by six months or something like that. And then it was like, what comics are even available? And then what can we even expect at like a 50% capacity room? And I, by the way, like, even with all that, knowing that I probably would not have been on the 10th anniversary show were it not for all of these factors that got far enough down the list that I was one of 10 comics that got asked to do it. I was still like very, very, very honored to be on the show. It was like a very cool uh, experience. And of all the comics that were on the show, I think I had actually worked with all of them in the past at some point, except for one comic whose name is Kelsey Cook, who is, uh, she got her start in, actually I think she got her start in a Pullman, Washington. Um, but then got her like main, like real start in Seattle and then moved to LA and had a lot of success, spent some time in New York. She opened for Jim Norton. She's touring as a headliner now. And then in the pandemic, she moved back to uh, Spokane where her parents live. And that was the only comic from that show that I had not worked with. And I was like, I am excited to work with these other comics who I already know. But if I want to impress anybody tonight, it is Kelsey Cook. I want... I would, my, the dream, you always go down these dream scenarios is Kelsey Cook is like, Hey, I have a couple dates at, uh, th these clubs. I'd love if you came and worked those weekends with me and I do my set and it goes decent. It was not my favorite set I ever had. Uh, the, I would say that everybody on the show, um, it was like a strange, it was an odd, energy. I think everybody did a little bit worse than they thought they were going to. Uh, after my set, Kelsey Cook, who had actually, by the way, also been headlining that whole weekend, uh, she called me over. She's like, Casey, come here, come here. Cause I had introduced myself before the show, but she's like, Casey, come here. I have, you know, and I was like, Oh, here it is. Here it is. Kelsey Cook is going to bring me on the road. I did it. I finally impressed a comedian. Uh, who has enough pull at these comedy clubs to bring their own opener and bring me on the road with them. And uh, she brings me over. She goes, hey, I just wanted you to know, uh, I have an ass-eating joke that's almost the same in some parts as your ass-eating joke. And I just want you to know that I didn't take it from you, and I'm really happy that I saw your set so that I didn't do it tonight because I was planning on closing with it tonight which is very nice. And then after the show, we were talking, I mean, it fucks you up. My, my brain's fucked up. But I'd also, by the way, I had had a, I had lost in the pandemic. I've lost like 10 minutes of material to other people doing very similar jokes, mostly unsuspiciously. But, uh, so, um, I was like, you know, fucked up about it. And then I, I was like, Hey, just, can you send me like a record? She, so she's recorded. I haven't seen the like produced recording. It's on a, on a special that she did. 
but she said that it had been like evolving and she's still doing it. And I was like, can you send me a recording of that? Cause I don't, I don't know your joke. And I just want to know if it's close enough to mine that I can like cut stuff or if I have to just dump the joke entirely. Cause at the time, uh, ill-advisedly, I was on the verge of making merch related to that joke. Cause it's a joke that's like maybe the best reaction joke I've ever written in my life on average. And she sent it to me and it's like, there was one part that I decided to cut, uh, partially because it wasn't working incredibly for me. And then she had a, a similar line. So I dumped that and then kept a, another part that I think was like kind of similar, but, uh, you know, they weren't that close to being the same. And so, uh, yeah, that's the, that's how that joke came to be, why it's on there. And, um, yeah. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you, I've, uh, been working on these for a long time. I don't really care about making money off of this. Like I said, I want to not have material that I've worked really hard on go to waste. And I'm also so fucking sick of telling those jokes. I think what my plan is, is to, at the start of every year, release something like this, an EP of some sort every year put out something like this. So keep an eye out, follow me on uh, whatever, you know, VKC McLean everywhere. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out baby weight EP in this very podcast feed. It'll also be on uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify. I'm not, I'm not pulling everything I've ever done off of Spotify in protest. So that's, it'll be there. It'll be uh Spotify or it'll be Apple podcast or whatever. Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, I think. All of them. If it's not where you want it, if you want, I'll send you a, I'll send you a fucking file. That's how far I'm willing to go. If you don't do any of those things, I will send you the file via email or something like that. So just get a hold of me. Please share it with a friend. Share this podcast, but more importantly, share Babyweight EP with a friend. Do I have anything else to say about it? I don't think so. Thank you for listening. Please, please, for the love of God, share it. Have a good uh, day, and I'll talk to you soon.